Welcome back to an all-new installment of Super Mario Brothers, where possibly we've seen too much hangar racing. Well, I know too much. Oh, I see you're trying to get out now. That's that whole Megadeth dude, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, we're bringing it back. You know, we, we got a uh, lot to talk about this week on today's show. Before we get into that, Danny, we're coming up close to the end of the year. Yes, Christmas is coming. Holidays are coming. Joy's in the air. 40 degree days are also coming, so don't worry about that part. We are having a stinking hot summer here in Australia, especially in Adelaide, where we like to reside in most of our time. But uh, what do you think Santa's got for you this year, Danny? Oh, I don't know. I'd like to keep that as a surprise, man. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of having Christmas? Just give it to me now. Yeah, otherwise, well, if he keeps it inside as a surprise, that way you, just, you know, like cover the sexual harassment lawsuit, like being in the mall, because, you know, last Christmas wasn't that good, you know, Myers, the crying kids. You remember, you were there, man. It's pretty tragic, man. That was anyway, funny. I'm Super Metal Brother Dan, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, and I'm Super Brother Matt Dan. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I am Super Brother Matt. That's uh, that, that's uh, a minor technical glitch. It is the heat after all, and we are only half human, half metal machines here on the Metal Podcast, Danny. That's true, man. We have been well oiled today, unfortunately, so we have started off on the back foot. Tonight's episode, for anyone who really wants to know, that's what you're here for, we're going to talk a few things. Uh, we've got a big question that we asked, very philosophical. Not very funny, which is unlike the Super Metal Brothers, but uh, we'll make it work. It was actually a fan-made question, Danny. Yeah, you can tell it was a fan-made question because it's actually intelligent. <laughs> you actually got to think about this one. Yeah, we've had this on the lawn for like four weeks just so we can have at least something to say, but we passed it to the Metal fans. It's the questions going on, what does a band need to do? What lines do they need to cross in order for fans to stop listening to their music? We're going to review the latest offering from Testament. This is the 11th album. It's called Brotherhood of the Snake. But first, Danny, we're going to talk news. So what we're going to do first up is take up Metallica. Now, Kurt Hammett reveals that he has regrets about Napster. Straight away, Dan, the headline itself must have gotten to you being like, well, no kidding. You were in the 90s. You remember they're the loudest and almost the only one who were getting upset. What was Napster for our younger listeners who don't know what that is? Well, Napster is pretty much YouTube, but it's not. like Napster is just an illegal place for people who used to just put up music and you used to just play any music whatsoever uploaded. It's pretty much like a torrent website dedicated to just music. Yeah. When I clicked on this article, it sold it to me that he had regrets. But further upon reading the the first or even second paragraph, he doesn't have any regrets. He just feels disappointed that no other band got on board with him. And why would they? They were desperately seeking any exposure to be even one-tenth of a myopathia or of an atom of what Metallica's success was back then, even to this day. So I guess that's what the problem was. Yeah, and that's true. They they, they said it wasn't about the money side, but they were just um, well, control. Could, uh, yeah, yeah, they want they wanted right. the uh, bands to have control of whether they are allowed to give their stuff away for free or not. Doesn't sound very musical. I thought musical was about expressionism and about letting go. So I don't know if you can say the word control. However, there there is I think it's more of a story regarding financial restitution for these people because sure you're right I think we talked about NAPS before like I know NAPS is the positive yes you get your, your name out there but did anyone actually buy your music when you, they could listen to it for free or support you so it was a tricky one I haven't seen any data on it so who knows mate well the way it was going now obviously with the technology go to iTunes or whatever any kind of streaming podcast or you know band camps they're happy to sell you straight your tracks and they'll even send you a copy if you ask them nicely enough you know bit of a wink wink nudge nudge uh, but yeah, this is coming from a guy who left his phone that had 300 to 400 riffs on it in a cab. So the Metallica that may have been, well, you know, people aren't really disappointed with this offering. So like, 
Metallica getting more rich. Who really cares, right? Yeah, and I always find it funny. Three, you hear this all the time. Like these musicians have, I got three or four hundred riffs, but like it takes it still takes like five years to release a new album, and then you hear the new album. It's like, well, maybe you should have tried using some of the good riffs out of that three to four hundred. Well, Metallica's been a hot spot because even like everywhere you look, they're just asking every member of the band about their favorite color still or life choices and what it's like to have a seventeen Lamborghinis playing heavy metal. Um, even they asked about Lars Ulrich, and he got worried that he um of the day that he can't play Battery or Master of Puppets anymore. But to be honest, I, I don't think he has to worry about it because he hasn't played it since the album, really, has I he? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> and even, even like they play, like we, I saw them live at Soundwave, you know, one last Soundwave, which were here, and they were very sloppy for a band, which has been doing these songs for such a long time. So for him to say that now, like, yeah, yeah, last have you ever properly heard you? Well, the, back in the day, the classic Dyer's Eve saga, now that was the last track off of the Justice For All album, and he literally plays a double kick passage through the whole entire song, pretty much. It's the greatest, one of the greatest songs I've ever written, but they hardly ever play it live for that very reason. So, you know, and then Lars saying that he needs drum lessons that we said last week, you yeah. know, it's all coming together. We're finding out the truth. We yeah. give it to you guys. What you want to do with it, though, it's up to you. Maybe you want to sit on it, give it to a box set up, give it to a loved one as a cheap present. I don't know. Yeah, I think these large York stories are really fun. I mean, he's kind of a bit of like a, a punching bag, unfortunately, but you know, just the way he conducts himself in interviews and stuff, you don't mind treating him as a punching bag because he's just so freaking smug. Well, you know, when he's not doing being a punching bag, now it looks like Floor Janssen's happy to take all the beats as well. Last week we talked about with Slayer. She came out. I don't, if, if you don't know who Slayer is, um, you know, now you, you know who Slayer is. Even if you don't know what metal is, you know who Slayer is, right? Now, Floyd Janssen had to give her opinion on it, right? Or they asked her opinion on it and she gave it to Team Rock, I think it was, or Metal Injection. Now, she didn't think very highly of Slayer, did she, Danny? No, she pretty much came out and just didn't enjoy them at all. Thought they were, what did they actually say? Dreadful. Again? Dreadful. Unbelievably boring. Boring. And to top it off, Terrible. Terrible. And we we forecasted this, didn't we, Danny, in our show? You know, people that carve Slayer into their arms are not people that are exactly going to be forgiving for getting their number one band being slashed like that. No, they're not going to sit around a table and have a rational debate regarding the intricacies of a Kerry King solo. Yeah. So what ended up happening, she feels that uh, she has had the unleashed fury upon the metal earth towards her. She also takes down Team Rock, saying that the story was basically like sensationalized and taken out of context, mm. right? Now, this sad this makes her sad as a metal musician and as a lover. Not my lover, <laughs> but I think about her sometimes that way. So I like to think that we've gone through intimate moments together. Well, that... That whole like, disappointment to your, of your stars and what they've done to disappoint you and stop following me, that's coming up in our question. But going back to here with uh, Floor Janssen, like, she, she's one of those people who tries to say he's taking out of context. And the people actually said, no, nah, no, nah, we didn't take it out of context. This is what was. That's right. He's also saying, well, I'm entitled to my opinion. Look, in this day and age, you're right. Everybody's entitled to her opinion if you like it or not. Look, she can. She doesn't have to like Slayer. Like she said, and that's fine. You don't have to like Slayer. But you, you don't have to tell everyone that those things. You just say I don't like them. She, then, you know. What what we what we're gonna do? For, if anyone knows Floyd Anson out there, she needs those memes. There's one meme in particular where it's this person who shovels like piles and piles of dog poo across the neighbor's yard, right? And then they fling it back eventually, and she's like, ah, misogynist, mm. or you know, ah, like Bad Final journalism. Fantasy fans, you know, like you know, it's something that's you know very much should be taken apart, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, this is Slayer. And um, how she thought she was going to get away from this unscathed, maybe she's a little bit in denial of uh, potential how, how how crazy metal fans really are. Yeah. You know? I, again, uh, they would never cross paths. She's based in, like, Europe. 
And she's a total sweetheart. So, like, eventually people are going to go to her concert and be sucked into her sirenness, and then be all like, yeah, back well, to being a lover again. Sometimes ability trumps what you say, so... Yeah, yeah. just keep, she, she just keep oh, like, awesome. okay, in, in a couple of months' time, people forget about it. In Christmas coming, people forget about bad stories. Have you forgotten about Alice Cooper, Danny? No, Matthew. I'm he, sorry, but I, I have to remember Alice Cooper. I know, because this guy has remained relevant to all the way to 2016, and this guy's obviously been enjoying this for a long, long time, whether he's like shock rock kind of music, you know, his stage performance, his classic sounds of rock and rolls, you know, no frills, but unless you go see him live, I guess. Uh, he's actually recording another album with some of the original members as well. Give him credit, man. I saw him. I believe this year with Motley Crue, and it was great life. Like, it's the first time I've seen him live, and he put a great show on. His songs are cool, good rocking songs, you know, bit of bit of groove, bit of feel to him. Um, and yeah, give credit for a guy who commits, um, gets his head chopped off at every show. He's looking pretty good, you know, for his age. And yeah, he's done quite well. Although, don't get too excited, fans, because that's for the reunion. I've just read up a little bit about it, and he's he's saying, look, if the old members do give me feedback and, and give us riffs, that'd be awesome. But at the end of the day. It all goes through him. He writes all the lyrics. He does all like the arrangements and songs. He basically hands out the lunches at every lunchtime. But more importantly, he's even got the producer, which is the old guy, Bob Eretz, and he's, who's been around there for ages. So you're getting Alice Cooper first and foremost. But, uh, you know, just for the sake of the, for the hardcore fans out there, and there's a lot of them, obviously. Yeah, with Alice Cooper, you know how his face, he always just looks like weathered and old and tired. I actually found he only sleeps like three or four hours every night, he reckons. He reckons he's that busy. He only does three, four hours. Okay, you look like you only sleep for three, four hours, Alice. Maybe, you know, take a day (laughs) off, have a sleep in, you know, take care of yourself, mate. Kick on. Yeah, he's he, he must be like there's something in that getting your head decapitated every night. Maybe he gets like a new one crafted from like a giant like a, a chamber somewhere, like a DNA oh, kind yeah. of thing. Like they've actually cloned his head multiple times so they re-soldier it to it. So like his body's aging, but his face will just remain that skeletal look. Um, that's a problem. So the first mold they took was of him being tired. <laughs> And so every time they remake it, it's a tired face again. Oh, I see what you did, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so Dan, corn. Mm. What style of metal are they? Oh, it depends if you like open the top first before you eat it. Or <laughs> is, that what, is that what we're talking about? Metal band, corn. Oh. Monkey from the corn says it's difficult to put them in a category. What? So we are the super metal brothers. We like to solve super metal problems. What genre are corn? Well, this is actually interesting because before I answer this, it takes us back to like the ARI Awards okay. where if you want to win an ARI Award, it's up to the music label to put you into the category they think you are. That's so right. this could be a clever ploy from Korn here. That they, they, we don't know what we are, so we're going to now enter ourselves in all the Grammy Awards and uh, we might win everything. So that could be a clever ploy. Yeah, because I was going to like wrap a bow around this and say new metal, right? Mm. You know, they can they can have intricacies in their writing, but again, it's just so much in a grounded style, like, you know, your, your open chords, very simple melodies, and your drumming, which has got that R&B hip-hop kind of feel, which is very popular for those alternative movements, guys, right? However, you're right. If they apply as a country album to the Aries, they're a country band, right? Yeah. So if they on. win the award, like who are we to say that maybe somewhere they might share a same chord progression, or you know, don a uh, pair of you know those shoes for the line dancing, you know, those special line dancing shoes that we oh, heard so yeah. much about. You know, I can't buy them because I'm obviously you know because you, you know what they call Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going to like Kmart, go some wall uh, uh, line dancing shoes, and they just look at me like, yeah, security, <laughs> 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 the bold guy over there. <laughs> but um, yeah. 
good, good on uh, good on Corn for uh, trying to sell himself out to more communities, you know, and yeah. win themselves an aria maybe next year. Maybe that's what you do. Not even you say what kind of um, genre music you are. You say where you're from. I could be from Australia. Don't yeah. don't you don't you was it say what country I'm from? That's man. Right. Don't don't you assume my country of origin, mate? So Corn right now because we can declare it because yeah, that's what we do here. They are a hard rock country infused. Uh, jazz band from Sydney, Australia. Yep, with uh, classical elements. Classical elements. Yep, and also they do kids parties, which means they can also go under. <laughs> <laughs> was it entertainment or kids show, whatever it is? Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy your Aria War. Let's move on to our next story with Dave Mustang. We did touch on a little bit on that with our intro. It was an amazing intro, wasn't it, Danny? That was solid, man. But uh, Dave intro is at, Dave Mustaine. Sorry, is trying to get to uh, selling his products more and selling Megadeth because obviously in our day and age you need to sell yourself to the public and it's very hard with you know basically the death of like music uh, videos and stuff like that apart from maybe YouTube or you know just like just a real you know tangible way of getting your stuff out there. So his idea is he sells plots on his house for camping. And at $5,499, this could all be yours for one night only, Danny. Jeez, it is a lot of money, isn't it? He must really have faith that his music touches like the upper class of society. The What he's offering, though, is intriguing nonetheless. So you're going to get an awesome-looking tent. This thing looks like one of those things out of those Dubai movies, like, you know, the cotton sheets, you know, the waterfall. Uh, there was a naked woman in mine, but then I was on the internet, so I'm not too sure what I was watching. Uh, you also get, like, VIP toilets. I'm not too sure what that means, Danny. What do you think a VIP toilet at the Mustang house looks like? Uh, I really don't know, actually, man. I, I could imagine it'd be, like, a mirror, but the mirror would actually have a picture of Dave Mustaine already stuck in the mirror. Yeah, so. So it looks like perfection every morning to him. Yeah, like right. It'd be like the kill em all toilet paper and just like golden guitars everywhere for no reason at all. They're unplayable because they're golden strings, but like, yeah. you know, they look cool. They look cool, man. That's that's the half of it. You get an, uh, an intimate acoustic set. Nice. So he might be playing uh, some of your favorites and hopefully just your favorites off of the uh, classic ha, Hangar 18 song was good, you know, the Rust and Peace album just in total. Yep, yep, that's good. Yeah, but it's also to help people out, there is the cheaper version. You get for $2,000. Oh, what do you get for $2,000? Uh, you get two-fifths of a $5,000 thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you get you get half a glass of wine, that's right. a fifth of a camp story, and you get to use one half a toilet. <laughs> yeah, you, you only get the intro to songs. Nah, you can only play the intro. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> to, to unlike the, the full feature, please pay another $2,000. What is this, PlayStation Network? <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get you, man. It's all the add-on sales, man. Oh, you know, who, you know how Tool get their fans? By slowly leaking their new album. Now, everyone knows what to expect from Tool now. Tool fans love them for it and everyone else just go, why are you a Tool fan, right? So our Super Metal brother Dan over here, our uh, new album, they say it's coming out, the bass player is the next one to step up. What do you think? Well, yeah, the bass player, they actually got words from one of the actual musicians of Tool to actually talk about the potential of the album coming out in the next foreseeable future. And if you actually read what the guy quoted, they're not anywhere close to releasing this album or getting close to. They, they've said, oh, we've now um, was it cut down the big ideas. So, right. now, so what they said, they, they had like, let's say a thousand or whatever um, ideas that they could do the album with. Now they've just condensed that a bit. So main, they still haven't focused yet. Main themes and skeletons, which is basically like, look, you need to, for a human, you need at least the, you know, the flesh, blood, uh, you know, a car to, to buy the CD. You know, there's just no way this album's going to be done in a short timeline. But, you know, they are selling this album to Tool fans with the 
trailer of all trailers I can put this. Literally, it's like a one-second trailer, then it's like a 10-second trailer. You know, it's like this warming the crowd up, you know, with these uh, snippets of information. Oh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be holding my breath. If I was if I was a Tool fan, I would literally just like switch off from any type of media regarding that the album's coming out. Just, just don't... So don't think it's going to come out because you're just hurting yourself, man. It's literally like grabbing... When you're like a tall fan, it's like going into your uh, your shed, grabbing the sandpaper and just rubbing it against yourself under a shower just to make sure, yeah, that this... It's like... It's St. Damascus. It's just punishment for you yeah. at the moment. Yeah. You, you don't want that around Christmas time. You, you don't want that. No. But do you want Guns N' Roses around Christmas time, Danny? Me? No. You, Matt? No. No. But Europe does. Yes, they do. In one million way. tickets in one day sold. One day. That is a lot of, I guess, I don't know, bottles of vodka if you're a slash. Yeah. He's not going to be able to do it. Just like huck it up to his veins. He'll just <laughs> sit there. There'll be a vodka truck in his house. It's like, yeah. The uh, Not In This Lifetime Tour, that's what they're calling it. $2 million in sales, Danny. And you know what? You're not even guaranteed you're going to get a show. This is Axl Rose after all. This this thing could implode. Like, it's uh, it's almost a risk, but, you know, for the investors, surely they'll just be like taking a punt. Like, you know what? Let's just go for it. This could either... It's like putting all your chips on black at the Los Angeles. Either it's going to work or you're going to have to explain the mortgage to your your loved ones, you know? Yeah, I mean, this. to be fair, it is pretty cool because Rose and Slash are together again and Duff is all... They're, you know, get the gang and get the crew back yeah. together. So, look, it is a great selling point and Axel Rose has done well to transition from ACDC back to this. So, he's always kept his momentum going. So, hey, look, Look, oh, I'm not the biggest Guns N' Roses fan, but they came to Adelaide, so that's cool. Good on them. Yeah, no, we're going to be happy for you guys. If, uh, if out there, if you're a massive Guns N' Roses fan, you get to uh, get a snippet of Symphony of Destruction here in that album. That's probably hasn't been played together in that band for at least 10, 15 years, at least, I'd imagine. But um, we'll move over to our next story with Killswitch Engage. Now, they've done this like little documentary, and it's actually called uh, Beyond the Flames, right? And Jesse Leach has uh, admitted that on the trailer that uh, he was a throat cancer scare very, very early on. Now, when they were starting the band early, they would have to do three shows in a row, and then by the fourth show, they'd have to cancel it because Jesse could not sing anymore. It got to a point where he found a lump on his throat cause. Not a good thing, you know? Having a lump uh, on, your, on, your, on, your, on your butt, also not a good thing. But lumps are cool when other things. Lumps are cool when other things. Like Sugar's cool. Lumps of sugar is great. Um on front of people's chest, those lumps are pretty good. Great, yeah, absolutely. Unless there's a lump on a lump, and then that's not cool. Nah, you can't. That's overdoing lumps. But we are interested because you said you had throat cancer. And to be honest, Danny, I almost thought I had ear cancer from listening to the Arst album. So I guess it's kind oh, of full circle. Wow, oh, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a good album, but <laughs> but uh, you know we're lucky because uh, like Jesse Leach is 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 amazing, and that would have really sucked, but it didn't. Yeah, so for you singers out there, that this can be from bad technique. I'm not sure what his is, but bad technique can lead to nodules on the vocal cords, and if they go long too, if they're left unattended for long times, it can cause scar tissue, can turn into cancer. So, good technique's important. Um, if you feel like this is happening, where you keep singing, you keep losing your voice too easily, mm. well, you might have to talk to your doctor about it. So it is, uh, it could be a proper thing. Yeah, d- that wasn't very funny, Danny. But it did design it in a Hallmark card. You know, you should really think about writing for them. A Hallmark card regarding you may have throat <laughs> cancer. <laughs> you know, you open it up and it's like, oh, well, go to the doctor. Like that's really nice. You know, you're welcome, man. Our things go look after each other. If you if you were like 20 years before this, though, you could have given it to Jesse and saved this like whole entire skit, but you didn't, did you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you should be sorry. Uh, look, we're going we're gonna to put a bar around all our stories. But before we do, we've actually got an announcement for next week, don't we, Danny? Very exciting, yes. Uh, it'll be our last show of the year. 
Oh, everybody says, I know, I know. But we'll, we'll, I didn't we'll, say we'll it. Through, yeah, no, our fans. I'm just thinking <laughs> oh, what our fans, fans. are saying. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so next week's our last show, but it's actually going to be a live show, Matt, isn't it? That's right. So this the spirit of Christmas is going on and everyone is out there is giving uh, their top 20s or the top 50 metal albums of the year. Now, we've reviewed 21 albums this year, so we have to give them, our fans, a top 10 of our favorite albums this year, you know, but we're going to do it live next week for you guys. We want you guys to be a part of the show. We're gonna have a lot of fun, aren't we, with it? Oh, I hope so. I think we'll we'll do we'll do great, and it should be interesting listening. Yeah, stick around to the end of the show, and we'll do have a few announcements around that. But uh, we really want to get onto our featured story today, sent in by our fan request, Mitch Ramsey, Denny. Yeah, it's always this is our first um, editorial question we've been asked. Again, it was a very Intelligent, thought-provoking, and controversial questions. So we do appreciate it from Mitch. Yeah, we uh, we put it out to the fans there, and I'm sure some of you guys are scratching your heads just as much as we were with it, but we've got a couple of requests from our fans to answer it. So let's get to the question first, Danny. The question is, what would a band need to do? What line would they need to cross in order for you to stop listening to them to? Now, I kind of theorize it could be like a musical direction. They've changed their style so much that you're like, yeah, I'm off of them now. It can't be something like serious, like a felony, like they've done something illegal. Or probably the worst thing of all and something that uh, has happened to me and has scarred me for life. It's hard to get back from this, but uh, when they don't come to your town and play for you, you know, they, like we are in Adelaide. We've seen Perth, Sydney, Melbourne, continuously get some of the best bands ever and we miss out sure it's a you know 200 300 flight and you know the, the hotel room but all of a sudden you know your 200 ticket becomes a small student loan payment right so you know and the worst thing of what you could do is have when your band comes to where you want to when you're playing where you live and they don't play any of your favorite songs you know it's just kind of like they're just putting your tea back one we're putting like one testicle into your cup of uh, english breakfast tea you just kind of like uh i love you you're the reason why i'm listening to music but that was really annoying yeah, definitely, man. Sour tea is never a tasty thing. Nah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like dental floss should be like lean to those white things that taste like toothpaste, not like those minty like herpes ones. Yeah, they're no good. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're no good. So let's talk about uh, the fans because they've answered this for us, and we really want to get into their kind of stuff. You know, now um, Chris, uh, Daniel Sertablad as uh, a, a featured a guy who likes to uh, get on our show now and then, and uh, we appreciate him for it, man. He said, if they flaunted their religion to a point of creepiness or if they collaborated with the Backstreet Boys, mm-hmm. if their strange uh, uniforms consisted mostly of excrement. Yeah, they're all pretty bad, you know. Um, hygiene's a big problem. So I wouldn't date anyone, let alone follow them in a band, right? Yeah, I mean, some will get off it though. You know, some some of these like punk guys and shit and I don't know, some death metal guys with like slaughtering lambs on stage, blood goes everywhere. So some so, people could be good for that. So flaunting their religion to creepiness. Now, I'd imagine that'd go both ways, right? So one thing would be like, you know, mayhem where they kind of slaughter a goat. Oh, is it? I think it's them. And then they like had the blood and then the pig head threw into the fan and the fan had to sue the band because he got a concussion from oh, the pig yeah. head, right? That yeah, was in yeah. Brisbane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then there's the other one where it's like a Christian band where it's kind of like God and I think they had a crucifix and they like threw one out and like, you know, hit that same guy in the head and gave him the same concussion. And then, and the world keeps turning, you know? Uh, what about the Backstreet Boys though, Danny? Collaboration with the Backstreet Boys. Would you stop listening with your favorite boy band? Be like boy bands. Yeah, no, I do, man. Symphony X are a boy band, aren't they? Oh, Dream yeah. Theater boy bands? Oh, oh, aren't all metal bands boy bands? Yeah. Oh, mine exploded. Uh, do they do a choreographed dance routine to two-minute songs uh, while having little girls scream at them? And do costume changes between, like, choruses? Nah. Yeah, I mean, Backstreet Boys, they're not metal, so, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't get rid of a band, but I just wouldn't ever see that happening. <laughs> I just don't, I can't 
picture that occurring. If, if it did happen, uh, it'd be like baby metal, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, it's true, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, except I think the girls from baby metal have probably bigger balls than the guys oh, from, uh, balls. from balls, yeah. Uh, what about da- Jacob Fluffy Slippers, best name on Facebook, currently going around, walking off stage during a show for some pathetic reason, like the crowd isn't big enough. Now, this got to me, because I'm like... You know, when Daniel Busserblad said, you know, if they did like a felony or something like that, I was kind of like, yeah, that'd be annoying. But if you went to pay your hard-earned money that you worked really hard for, you know, got some backstage tickets to see him, and they didn't play the, not only a set list that you liked, but a very short one, man, that must sting, like, way more than any other, like, thing would have ever happened. Yeah, especially if they only come down once every couple of years, or like in LA's case, they might only come down once. So for that to occur, you you would be really frustrated. Like, you know, you did your hard work, you support them, you've saved your pennies to come here yeah. if I'm just like halfway through nah I'm not interested anymore and walk off ah oh, that yeah I would, I would stop a band for that you know yeah. and that's kind of funny and we're going to have to get into this later because this is going to come around and like hit us in the butt you know but we're, we're, we're good guys we're going to we're going to see our last um, uh, our last uh, fan that replied to us okay now this was Mitch Ramsey himself so the guy asked the question answers it for himself because he wanted to get some clarity so Mitch Ramsey said the Lost Prophets lead singer in prison for sexual assault and pedophilia. Now, here's the thing. He still wants to listen to their music. He hates the guy, but he can separate what he's done and what the band does. You know, the, the, the songs are great, but he won't be buying their CDs anymore since, you know, he's got them anyway. He's got CDs and stuff. So where do we kind of go with this, Danny, now? Like, this is the thing, you know? Church burnings in the, in the 90s with bands like Mayhem and Emperor... You know, alleged ties with white supremacists with bands like Graveland, Murder with Force, he killed that homosexual, and now he's singing in Zyklon, massive band. Um, what do you what do you kind of feel like? Is there a band for you? Now your favorite band right now is Symphony X I'd imagine? Yeah, man. What could they do in order for you not to want to listen to any more? Russell Allen is no longer the guy. Uh, your Symphony X jumper, you give back to me. Uh, what happens? It is it is a trick. I mean, it's so diverse. I mean the right. the, the, the so you can start away, you can put like murder. As, as a bad thing. So straight away, someone killing someone like, yeah, I don't really think I should support um, that. So let's talk about the pedophilia one because that one was the breaking one for... Oh, gee, man, straight to that. Like the moth to the light. You know, so like Russell Allen, right? Yep. He gets convicted of a felony, right? He opens a kindergarten, right? And uh, the first thing he does is ask all attendees that they must remove their pants on entry, right? Uh, is this going to get you to stop listening to his stuff? Well, again, he didn't touch the kids, so... <laughs> Does that, does, that, does that count as a felony? I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a bit confused here. What's the problem? So, like, yeah, we're going to need, like, uh, birth certificates from the kid. Uh, the parents will need to be there as well yeah. with written birth certificates and the today's newspaper, right? Yep. They will need to be filmed by three cameras on three different locations. Yep. And I will need to be there as well. Yeah. Without any more than one drink as well. Because if I'm like anywhere like half cut, I get pretty silly. So I I couldn't even do it. Then maybe I think we'd have a case, right? Then Symphony X would probably be... That that next album, Iconoclast Part 2, would, wouldn't make it. Mm, yeah. Well, I don't know, Matt. You know, that's, 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 you know, I don't think that's strong enough evidence to say that it's incorrect or that there's wrong. So, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Symphony X is pretty in touch for the moment, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, never was really broken up. So yeah. I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, if I found out the next day that Jeff Loomis goes around and just punches horses in the face, 
just because he gets off on it, I'd be like, oh, that's an interesting quirk. Yeah. Um, if he killed Warrell Dane, I'd be like, I understand. He was a bit flat that last album. It probably wasn't that good. Um, you know, or even if he decided to set fire to uh, the place I work at, I would probably be actually a bit more happy because then I get to jam with Jeff Loomis. So, yeah, it's a bit tough. But I guess what the biggest point is, what we want to make is we can kind of separate which what uh, our fan Mitch was saying. We can separate the artists from what they do. You know, if it comes from the same place, then that kind of gives the music more depth. However, then who's to say that maybe that's in all of us? Then we maybe all, all our potential thing. We haven't done anything wrong, but I can't. I can separate the idea of the music because it comes from. I can think as a concept. It comes from a place that isn't a part of an action, you know. Mm. And one action we heard today, one action shouldn't be the way that someone has been defined for the rest of their life. However stupid that may be. Multiple actions, well, you know, that could be another story. What would you think about that, Danny? Well, yeah, it also comes down to, like, is it the whole band or is it one member? Because you, right. it's hard to paint the whole band as with the same brush, saying, okay, the, the, the singer did it or the guitarist did it, whatever, therefore the whole band is this way. Like, it, it's kind of like when politicians or, like, CEOs do stupid things and the board goes into damage control and says, no, no, we're getting review because you're just not good right for us. Yeah. So it also depends on how the band itself... Um, address these issues that if they, if they just keep supporting well then without you have problems but all they might say you know what we don't want to use parts of band we'll get out of here and then you can be like oh, all right yep so i see what they're trying to do this guy acted on his own he's not about the band he's just a bit of a dick so. it's crazy because at the end of the day likes grave uh, land they got their gig protested just from the accusation of white supremacy you know they were, they were connected with it somehow you know and that was that was in montreal that's very progressive in in canada so you understand that. However, that was like they went on, you know, they got together as a community and like, no, we're not going to have it. So that was to the point of like, the the police have come out and said, no, you know, it's damaged, you know, that's, let's not do this. You know, everyone's going to miss out because of what people feel. You know, um, so it, it, there's that fine line. So you know, I will. S- I haven't. I I've heard some really crazy stuff. I know that with uh, church burnings that have happened, and, and you know, a lot of people. And I don't even agree with the idea of why they did it. They wanted to extinguish Christianity from existence. And I'm like, well, that's a stupid reason. They're going to get together more so and uh, be more stronger because of such a tragedy. You know, that's what happens well in, in times of, of, uh, of, bad, of bad times, you know? Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess against someone else as well. Yeah, I'm going to have to generally slide that I've never had to stop buying something from it because I guess metalheads generally are pretty level-headed, you know, and if they do anything, they do it to themselves rather than to anyone else. Yeah, I guess the big thing currently going around is this whole like, political spectrum. So yeah, depends how prote- protective you are of your political views. You might stop following people like, you know, Ted Nugent or even things else I like in the machine head because... Um, Flynn there talks too much about politics. You might, that might be enough for you to say, you know, I'm on this point anymore because you just don't agree with my uh, political linings. And we're cool with that too. You know, if you decide not to listen to someone uh, for their for, for for any reason, that is your okay. You know, that's your right to do that, and it's okay to make a stand like that because at the end of the day, people in our capitalist society, money talks, and if you really don't want it to have this around, just stop buying it and stop paying attention, and it will go away to a degree. I guess the crime won't, but the ban sure will. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably plenty of bands out there which have done silly things which we just forgot about because, yeah, they've done stupid things. Yeah, so it's heavy stuff, guys. Uh, we really look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it. If you guys want to jump on our Facebook wall afterwards and just kind of, you know, throw a mention what you think so, we might actually revisit this in the next year, you know. It's definitely, a, uh, this isn't going to be solved with one discussion over, you know, some coffee and uh, three or four guys on your Facebook, you know, giving us a, a, a deeper look like for themselves. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that very unfunny skit there, uh, Danny. That was fun. 
It was, but you know, sometimes in life you got to do things you don't want to do. So we're going to move away from our Minty's versions of philosophy and talk about an album that we really want to talk about, and that is Testament's latest release, Brotherhood of the Snake. Now, this is the 11th album for these juggernauts. They've been around for quite a long time. This is Eric Peterson's band. He started it out. He even did a bit of side project with the band Dragonlord, which we quite love. Great album, that one. Go ahead and buy Rapture as well. But this album here, let's talk about it first, Danny. Yeah, definitely. So, um, normally, look, I, I was really a massive thrash fan growing up as a kid. I was born like in the mid '80s, so I think I was slightly before, slightly after thrash, also slightly before Metallica type. Thing. I was in a weird age. So I never got into that. I, I got into metal because of, you know your dad, like most people probably do, and he was more into the Deers and Deep Purple and stuff. So I, I was never exposed to thrash. I never really got into it. So doing this Testament album, I was like, hmm. Yeah, one, I'll try something different because we had a lot of progressive albums this year. Let's try something thrashy and different. Yeah, and it was a good choice in the end. Yeah, it was weird because I got into thrash around the 90s. So, obviously, I had... That was the first... That was the second take of metal. The first time was obviously without my dad as well, with Daniel, where we went to a lot of the old classics, your rainbows, deep purples, even like stuff like Uriah Heap, etc. But when my mate got me onto the thrash stuff like Metallica, Slayer... Uh, even Pantera to a degree, you know. Um, yeah, that's when it sparked up for me. But then obviously the alternative stage happened around the, the 90s as well. And that changed a lot of their sounds. Metallica started doing hard rock. Even Slayer to a degree would incorporate some different kind of feels and stuff like that. And uh, even guys like Dokken, they were doing grunge stuff. And this is coming from a band who was like a pop rock metal kind of deal. It had that massive effect and it swept across, right? So, well, let's talk about this album. Now, Chuck Billy admitted that uh, he wants to go back to having Testament doing two to three years releases as well. Um, this one he is way more thrash, he reckons. And it's actually, this is what Eric Peterson said, uh, it's got to be the fastest stuff they've ever played. This album's fast, anyway. Oh, definitely. They definitely go back to, I guess, a pure 80s thrash sound with a really fast guitar playing and driving drum beats and... Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So let's talk about our five metal phase review. We're going to talk about the riffs first. Um, this thing is a riff roller. That's the thing about the the riffs in the thrash era. It is a very guitar centered uh, music, and it's designed to show off technique, right? And this album's got a lot of it. But is it enjoyable wank? It's not huh. like the good wank, no, bad wank, where like someone does it on top of your ca- you know, your carrot cake and be all like, oh, that's my birthday and a Merry Christmas. Yeah, and they lie to you, so that's actually the icing for with the walnuts. Yeah, and then you eat it and you're like, wow, Uncle Phil, like you could have told me, right? You know? Yeah, or is it the good kind where it's like you and your cake and that's it? And, it actually is icing. And it's actually it's icing. icing. Yeah. yeah. Definitely the second. Yeah. Definitely the second. This album here has great riffs. I mean, great strong melodies as well. Yeah. They, they do have riffs where you just want to crank up that volume and just like blast the shizen out of it. Yeah, this thing is dangerous, man. No matter where you're driving to or from, you feel like you're going too slow for the album. I was looking down and like, wow, I'm going 70Ks in a 60 zone. Or, oh, wow, like, you know, 100. And I still felt like I was slow. This album just makes you want to go, doesn't it? It's just punching the whole time but the riffs and the standout riffs for me then there are a lot of them like, i'm talking like we've got the first track brother of the snake this thing is 
pop for the first two thirds of this is just riff a roll and it comes at you a mile a minute. Then stuff like the Power King with that, it's more like a, it's a bit more groovier in a sense, but that's a really cool kind of blackish, darker kind of sinister riff into like an eighties. You know those, you know those um, shooting games with the with the with the planes that he used to play all the time, yeah. like uh, nineteen eighty four and stuff. Nah, Forty two and stuff. Nineteen forty two and stuff. That's what it sounds like. It feels like you're like taking a taking on the world with your Japanese fighter jet and having a bomb that should wipe out existence, but it just wipes out a small part of Tokyo. Yeah, only, only the screen you're playing. With, yeah, only the yeah. screen you're playing just on. Perfect, right, perfectly you know, weighted. It yeah. comes this nuke that comes out of your plane. It's bigger than like Jenna Jameson's ever taken in her life. And uh, look at this thing; it's massive and throbbing, and it you know nukes all those tanks for you. It's very satisfying in that very sexual way. But that's what the song sounds like. You know, it's it's very cool. Even stuff like the slower stuff, like Seven Seals, with that awesome chorus. Again, the guitars are doing all these really cool stuff. Um, but my favorite track eight, you know, Neptune's Spear, when it goes into a neoclassical section, and it's all like Canon and D, but it's all sweet and lovely. But then there's that massive groove underneath, like a death metal song. Oh, I can go on for hours about this album. Hey, Danny. Oh, yeah, that's correct. I mean, that, that's what's good about this album is that they, the riffs aren't just rely upon the fast, thrashy riffs. Actually, you could argue that the, the, the technical thrashy songs, which are both the only two songs under four minutes, they're actually not that dynamic or the riffs aren't that solid. It's actually the um, more... Uh, not progressive, but yeah, more like, creative songs. Like actually. for track nine, Canal Business, like that riff is amazing, right? And then you could tell that I love that riff and I'm proud of it, but it really is a thrash metal song from start to finish. And so you get what you need out of it as a thrash fan. However, it's the, di- it's the diversity of these riffs on this album that I was, I was genuinely excited to hear the next track, to hear what they're going to do next. Because with bands, when they have that, you know, that punk, Fast, you know, either a, a, a dry, you know, that driving beat, or even when it comes into like a, uh, a you know, those um, uh, blast beats. Yeah. yeah, you know, you can almost hear that they've already written songs around. But these guys have just got all these varieties. Even like track six with, um, you know, uh, centuries of suffering. Just some cool death metal sections in a degree kind of thing. Some cool licks and just flowing. Oh. Yeah. 10 out of 10. These riffs are just unreal. Yeah, they, they have some couple break, I guess you call them breakdown sections or rock out sections. Yeah, rock it. Just yeah, rock it. Rock like, section. just knocking it out. So let's move on to the vocals, Danny. Um, this is your department, man, because this guy, Chuck Billy, for me, he's got a lot of big, big sound about him. But do you think the whole way through you were engaged or was it kind of just a Hetfield thing where it was just less yes and more, uh, yeah, yeah, more grunting. Wolves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually true because right, he, he does have his, his standard tone and it's, it's one of those tones that, I mean, like like anything, the tone sells you on them, uh, and I, I like this song, so I actually did enjoy it. It suits the music, which yeah. is always the winner. Like you have sometimes where singing voices just don't really suit the music, and just it throws you off a bit. Like you can argue that a bit with Warren Dane and Nevermore, and even slightly Sabaton, you kind of argue hmm, it's a bit. It can throw you off if you don't like or Volbeat and stuff. If, if, if the tone can not rub you the wrong way, but I really like Chuck Billy, and even. He was more dynamic than I realized. Like, he has growls and yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, he's got that, like, that earthy tone that even Russell Allen brings to rock songs sometimes, you know? He doesn't have the uh, range, but he's got the strength and the power in his delivery, you know? And it's very engaging. He always plays to his strengths. And uh, in that, he has a grunt, he has the uh, howl, and he has the balls to pull over any song what he's doing. And uh, the attitude's great, and I think it really complements what Eric Peterson and the, and, the, and the lads did for this album. Yeah, you got to be careful with the range because... Um Sometimes people have really strong tones. Like, you, you think that they, they don't go high, yeah. but they actually go high. Like, if you listen to track five, try singing on track five and a right, and you can actually get in a bit of a higher range at times. I, again, I don't know how solid he can do that all the time, but there is a little part where he gets higher. So, look, he has good range. I mean, he has good feel 
to how he sings. He definitely has. I mean, he helps write the songs. He cares. That always helps him to sing. Yeah. With him. It's a classic take on the the sound that you're f- probably familiar with growing up in the thrash era. You know, it was that kind of yelly style that even guys that in Dark Angle would take on and kind of expand upon. But it's familiar. And in this case, though, it's done quite well. So it has a good place for the album and the songs. So again, top marks. This thing's looking really, really good so far. But we've got to talk about the diversity of the album. So we talk about diversity of the riffs, but diversity of the songs, thrash metal, can get redundant for people who just don't want to get punched in the face for 45 minutes with three-minute songs. But this album, Danny, what would you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is like you're saying, it is a thrash metal at heart. Mm. But I wouldn't, you know, I found it hard just to call it a thrash album. Because I'm saying the songs are longer than the standard thrash songs. And they're not just that, like you're saying, punchy just, Go from side to finish, just blast beat and just fast guitaring until like the end. They, they they don't do that at all. No, they break every up song up with everything they need to. You know, there might be a thrash section in songs, or it might be a thrash song itself. However, when they break away from it, you can get slices and parts of very sinister sounding riffs. Right, some pretty evil stuff that I was not expecting on an album like this. You know, I thought it'd be a bit bit more along the side, a bit safer. You know. Um, then you hear things that belong in like the, your favorite uh, pop metal phases in the 80s and you're just like, wow, there's very nice uh, uh, progressions that sound like a Richie Blackmore song in Rainbow or even stuff that's like uh, the solos that they come in. If a song needs a, a kick-ass guitar lead like in track four, for example, with a chorus, Seven Seals, beautiful feels that just are exactly what the song needs and when the guy the guy can shred but when he doesn't need to i don't know when it's eric peterson or or the other gentleman i'm not too sure um it's it just doesn't matter because everything is done with such maturity and such uh amazing like but then again what's what we expect this is a this is a dream team you know with uh, gene hoagland on drums as well and this guy's been in everything from death to devin townsend um wow I, I I just loved it. I couldn't wait to hear the next track. And this was a band. This was me, and I was out of the thrash series in the late nineties. I couldn't listen to it anymore because it it felt like it um kind of rehashed itself too much or it went too far away from its roots at points. You know, but this is perfect. I loved it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, again, the diversity. They know when to slow down songs, add in solos, put like rock outs in there. Or, like the outros are different, the intros are different. So they, they, they do have a lot going on in all their songs. And yeah, again, I was pre- pleasantly surprised. I never would yeah. have thought this would have occurred in this type of album. Yeah, because like Thrashman off me and Danny, this is not our forte. You know, we've got our albums that we like and styles that we like to go gravitate towards and albums we're looking forward to. But for us, at the end of the year, we thought we'd go with the classic. It was like this and Metallica, and we're not reviewing Metallica. Um, so we got, yeah, we got Groove now, Danny. Um, we're getting close to the end. So with the Groove of this. It's a headbanger. It's a thrash record. It's going to design to do it. But what else does this album make you feel like? Oh, I just really banging my head against walls. Is is it's pretty much the the, the the strongest feeling I get when I listen to this album. That now songs like again track five stuck in a rut, where they try to slow it down a bit and give you a bit of feel. But most of it is just like a hard, heavy album, which is and there are groovy parts. Track one and track ten, they have some like groovy riffs, which really make you want to bob along to them. So. They, they do help you, um, yeah, they do help the songs uh, be engaging. Yeah. Yeah, what I liked about it is when I listened to the album, I got all adrenaline, like you, like I was saying. You just, it's such a dangerous album, man. It just makes you want to do things that you've never thought you could do or would do, you know? Like, you want to ask out that girl you've been stalking for seven years of your life on the bus, you lit play this and you're going to go straight out to her and, like, put your dick in her mouth. Like, it is going to give you the courage that you need to get that raise at work, right? Wait, you went penis in the mouth to raise at work. 
<laughs> I you, did, didn't I? Are you saying you're the bus driver and that's what you feel like you need to get ahead and oh, get it? Oh yeah. God. You see what I did? Oh my god. But honestly, I just oh this album just it makes you feel like you're just the most important person in their world. Like the songs are for you and you're just so excited. And every time I left the album, I remember the more parts that were more in- memorable, like the uh the eighties uh Desert Strike music. Yeah. Or the um, yeah, all those neoclassical sections, all those beautiful guitar leads that I just could sing, or the the choruses like track four, for example, you know, um, just oh, so much fun, man. I just cannot tell you uh, how how much I just left each album. Every time I listen to the album, I just left remote thinking about it again, and you know, like a good sandwich, um, yeah, it's memorable and it's very forgiving and delicious. So, we're going to wrap it up with the production and Andy Sneap. You know him from all the Nevermore albums and everything in the world. He's touched every of the biggest band and he's on this album everywhere and it sounds so heavy. I mean, that's one thing with Thrash. I've known it to be kind of a bit thin sometimes. You don't get that bottom end. You really just get the guitars to treble right up and it sounds like a wash of noise. But this is like chunky. Yeah, this is, this is a well, very well produced album. I mean, everything is heard crystal and it's not like those albums for has brought like allegiance stuff where they feel like they're overproduced no this is just like they've just used top quality equipment top quality sounds they've, they've worked out their tones and they came into saying here's what it's going to sound like and it you can great. feel the organic nature of not only the playing in it but the songs themselves like everything is so good you can tell some of those notes coming in a bit later than the beat or a bit before it but there's more emotion that way you know when they're a great player you got to believe in them you know and I believe that the guys from Allegiant could have been fine without a producer that's overproducing everything to a single note on it this year is just like Guys, go for it. And Andy Sneep's going to do, give him the best of it. And he's done the best. Oh, just. I don't even. I don't even, wouldn't even have bought a thrash record. This thing it wasn't for Super Metal Brothers, but because I'm so glad I did this album. Oh, the production is so good. It gives it a chance every song to sing. And yeah. nothing ever seems repetitive or a chore to listen to. No, songs, as long as they need to be. Solos are where they need to be. Breakdowns or rockouts are where they need to be. So. Well written songs. So we announced at the start of this podcast that the we're going to have a top ten, Danny. Where is this going to be on the top ten for you? Without giving too much weight to our fans, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, well, be? I haven't gone through my list yet of all the songs we listen to, but well, if if my memory's not that good, my memory is good. Pense, look at it. Definitely top five. Yeah, I generally are recommending albums to buy to, for people to buy. You need to buy it. if you're a thrash metal fan, buy it. Death metal fan, buy it. Um, you just need to buy this record. The only ones I wouldn't say are people who into like groove and just love their music slower. There is no home for you here. Yeah. There's a riff or whatever. But you know what? If you want to be excited and feel those emotions of what you did as a uh, teenager uh, and when you were a risk taker and uh, went for life instead of you know settling for a retail job, working five shifts a week there and uh, wishing that, uh, yeah, you know, you just took that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, don't worry about that. That's not, that's not that important. What am I talking about? Uh, great, great album. Yeah, definitely. I, I would highly recommend it for like Matt all those people and even just guys who like old school hard rock. An album, a great album, and we're going to re- reiterate this when we do our top 10, is is something that they go out to set out to achieve. And this is a work of parts more than the band as well. You know, obviously Andy Sneak was there to help him through it too because everything on it melts together so well and um, just so much, so much fun to have a great record that just great songs all the way through it. And nothing is uncompromised for a style, whatever. It's just going through and writing good song, good riffs, and putting them all together for a great experience. So 10 out of 10, boys. Absolutely loved it. Cannot wait to maybe even get into some of the other stuff from them if that sounds as good. Well, like Chuck Billy, so you don't have to wait two, three more years for the next album, which is a lot better than most of the bands we like. Oh, we'll see you guys here in 2018. Hopefully then, if not 2019, we're going to take their word for it. So uh, with that, Danny, 
I guess we wrap it up, put a bow around uh, a testament and uh, give it to a loved one, you know? If anyone out there looking for a Christmas present and they want thrash, we just gave you a hell of an idea. Indeed we did. And I guess next week, the exciting news, our first live visual live show as well not just live as in radio but visually live yeah we are going to be live for it guys next week we're doing our top 10 list we've reviewed 21 albums and 10 of them are going to make the list however we want you guys to be a part of it and potentially win yourself a CD so anyone who comments to our Facebook wall on the day will actually get a chance to win a CD we'll put your names in a hat at the end of the show we'll reveal it and we will even sign it for you you know we'll send out any copy that we reviewed this year and uh, yeah we'll leave a little love note for you so anytime you open that CD you can think about your favourite Super Metal Brother Dan yeah I do (laughs) (laughs) that was a great week man Um, thanks guys for listening this week you know we had a lot of fun this year has been fantastic but we do have one website for you next week so uh, keep in contact then with that go ahead and buy the Testament album and uh, I guess that's about it yeah get your Christmas shopping done as soon as possible yeah you don't want to be there next week guys it's like hell I mean if you don't want to know whether Anne is trapped underneath Rosie O'Donnell's foot then you know go shopping but if you don't want that so you know anyway I've been Super Metal Brother Matt that makes me Super Metal Brother Dan we have been the Super Metal Brothers thank you so much for listening but before I leave you this is a tribute to Chuck Shaldina big words small wine Behind the face, you'll find a scavenger. Human, sorry. What pain will it take to satisfy? My sick appetite. I need some chocolate coins. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. See ya.